0: Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. Politic. Definition. Shrewd or prudent in practical matters. This definition arises from the English language adaptation of the Greek term politikos, meaning of citizens or pertaining to public life the term was morphed into a more general application than governmental matters. The translation of a term used for government into a more general word for good decision-making is an interesting symptom of 15th century thought. Here, however, I shall explore the implications of the generalization of this term onto the better known derivative term, politics. Yes, politics, the bane of many a family gathering, church meeting, or social event. The very word seems to breathe in our faces a stench of division, argument, corruption, greed, stress, and other vices. Fortunately for you, and unlike a certain Jedi master, I am brave enough for politics, and willing to challenge any of you who wishes to claim disinterest. Politics ought to be embraced by all. And by embracing the positive application of politics in our lives, let us see if the past path toward healthier political conversation appears. Let us consider the source of the related word. The word politic refers to practical matters. Anything that is done, as opposed to simply being considered, is a practical matter. Two people discussing an idea are engaging in the practical matter of a conversation. An assembly voting on a bill is engaging in the practical matter of a vote. A scientist attempting to create an infinite energy machine is engaging in the practical matter of attempting what is physically impossible. The action is practical in that it is done. The desired result of the action may be impractical. That is to say, impossible in this example. But the practical matter of the action will result in the practical matter of a consequence. Such is the nature of the action. And how are these practical matters approached? Politic refers to approaching these in a shrewd or prudent way. Thus, a politic action is one taken thoughtfully, intentionally, and judiciously. To achieve some practical end. A collection of politic actions are actions taken to astutely, shrewdly, craftily, intelligently achieve practical ends. The politic actions of a collection of people are the things they do with reasoned intention. Let us now import this position, this frame of mind, onto the word politics. However, in order that my analysis may not stand alone, I will appeal here to another rhetorician. Fisher Ames was a United States representative from the state of Massachusetts in the first four congresses. Those occurred during George Washington's presidencies. He wrote the following in 1806 at the beginning of an article entitled British Alliance. Those are not the wisest of men, who undertake to act always by rule. In political affairs there are no more self-conceited blunderers than the statesmen, who affect to proceed, in all cases, without regard to circumstances, but solely according to speculative principles. Politics is the science of good sense, applied to public affairs. And as those are forever changing, What is wisdom today would be folly and, perhaps, ruin tomorrow. Politics is not a science so properly as a business. It cannot have fixed principles, from which a wise man would never swerve, unless the inconstancy of men's views of interest and the capriciousness of their tempers could be fixed. Ames continues in his article, to discuss why he believes that an alliance with Britain may be reasonably entered at some point in time, even though he does not believe it to be a practical option at that time. He is willing to accept the possibility of circumstances changing from their current state, but is still willing to make a recommendation as to the best course of action in the present. Let us return to the terminology comparison. As a reminder, The politic actions for a collection of people are the things done among them with reasoned intention. Ames defined politics as the business of good sense applied to public affairs. All that we need to do to unite the ideas is to associate the phrase collection of people with the word public. This connection seems evident if we allow the phrases church politics family politics or workplace politics to inform our use of the term public so now we have a definition for politics derived from the word politic i've used the generalization of the latter term to inform the full implications of the former if you have an issue with that please leave your comments down below and share this with your friends to see if they agree don't forget to subscribe so here it is, the definition of politics. Politic actions of a collection of people. The things done in a group of people with reasoned intention. Politics simply refers to the reasonable actions taken by people in groups to achieve their goals. And here we see both the near ubiquitousness of politics and the readiness of the term for negative connotation. The prevalence of politics arises from the pervasiveness of groups with goals. No man is an island, and it is not good that man should be alone. Groups must be, and will be, ever-present. And in such groups, goals will also be present. If man were not a creature of intent, perhaps we could avoid this, but man is a being with wants and needs desires, and requirements towards which he will act. Any action taken with the purpose of fulfilling a want or need can be classified as intentional, and it is inevitable that the members of a group will act with intention. All that is therefore needed to ensure politics is that the intentions of the individual be extended to the group action or some effect. That is, that the members act with the knowledge that the group exists and is affected. This knowledge is easily determined as it derives self-evidently from the family unit. Every person must be raised by someone else, and that raising is a fundamentally selfless act, coming about from the recognition that the needs of the helpless must be met by the abilities of the powerful. In this environment, Politics arise when a child makes the connection between crying and receiving aid. The child learns that there are forces outside of himself which can interact with him and which he can influence. This lesson can shrewdly be applied by the infant to ensure his needs and wants are supplied. Problems arise if the child does not progress beyond this simple calculus. Since crying is insufficient for other political engagements, the child must be taught to speak well, to learn well, and to think well. And in this process, so many negotiations must occur as to make one intellectually dishonest if he claims complete self-actualization. And the knowledge that one is dependent on others to reach the present state necessitates an awareness that others exist. I'm going to just repeat that. The knowledge that one is dependent on others to reach the present state necessitates an awareness that others exist. Denying the other, the existence of other people leads toward irrational and intellectually dishonest conclusions. Therefore all men must acknowledge that other men exist, especially when in their presence and every man must be aware of the connections possible between people, as he is inevitably the consequence of such connection from birth. It is therefore reasonable to conclude that any man will recognize the possibility of connection between himself and any other person in his presence. Whether he acts on that possible connection is contingent on his desires for the group defined between the two of them, or the many of them. That is, The actions a man takes with respect to those in his presence are political in the group defined by himself and those other people. Even if he ignores them, even if he stays quiet, his actions are taken deliberately to lead toward the outcome between himself and the group which he desires. In other words, where two or three are gathered together, there is politics in the midst of them. Thus we can understand the common presence of politics. But what of the other point? Where does the bad side of politics arise? The negative connotation of politics was already hinted at by Fisher Ames when he says that politics, quote, cannot have fixed principles from which a wise man would never swerve unless the inconstancy of men's views of interest and the capriciousness of their tempers could be fixed. Ames makes the point that people are able to change their minds, and as such, politics must always adapt to the change in the winds of the world. To make a theological analogy, the Lutheran confessions teach that some matters are adiaphora, neither commanded nor forbidden, but a matter of freedom, Christian freedom. However, they also state that, since they are neither commanded nor forbidden, Anyone who says that they are commanded to do, you know, to do it in one way must be opposed. That person must be opposed who creates a command out of what is not commanded. And it is the duty of those who believe the truth to act contrary to that false command. In this, the nature of the matter at hand has not changed. It is still an adiaphron. But, someone, but should someone falsely bind consciences toward one way of action, it ought to be done otherwise, and that person ought to be opposed. If anyone forbids baptizing by immersion, we should baptize by immersion. Note here that we could argue that the directions laid forth in the Confessions are a reasonable rule and principle. However. If we take Ames to be referring to this, then even his own statement must be considered a principle that must be avoided. And rather than engaging in such a clearly irrational form of analysis, Ames is encouraging what the confessions enumerate. A wise man may need to alter his politics to rightly confront the context which surrounds him. Since men are inconstant, A wise man must be vigilant, and equipped to address changes. Ames' point is that there may come a time when allying with Britain is a good idea, and therefore he is discouraging his readers from believing such an alliance to be improper outright. He reminds us that we must judge political action based on what is sensible, rather than raising tradition to the level of law. Note that in my baptism analogy, I, I used a, a condition that is not prevalent in the modern day. Many people will teach that baptizing can only be done by immersion to be done properly. And these people ought to be resisted by not baptizing by immersion. But similarly, as I have enumerated earlier, if someone were to teach the inverse, they must equally be opposed, and the circumstances we are surrounded by must dictate our actions. Here, therefore, we have shown the first potential negative side of politics, that is, change. A drunk man, a drunk man on a donkey, will not sit straight in his saddle, but will lean to either side, dragging the donkey with him until he sees a ditch, and only then will he overcorrect and drag the donkey to the other side, only to find a ditch there as well. Those who would avoid this chaotic path must be prepared to counter the drunkard, when he strays from the straight path, whether to the left or the right. Politics demands that we be prepared to act sensibly, and such sensibility will not be as comfortable as holding a certain policy to be unquestionably preferred in every time and place. Wise politics require a healthy dose of moderation. Anyone who has interacted with a drunk man knows, however, That there is risk involved with confronting him. Here lies another potential and arguably the most prevalent negative side of politics. Conflict. What happens when the goals of different people disagree? What happens when their desires for the group are different? What if one section wishes to go one way and another to go a different way? If we all wanted what was right, politics would be easy, If we all wanted the same things, politics would be easy. But this is not the reality of the world. We must therefore decide how to manage such disagreements. We have two options, fight or flight. First, we could fight directly. Fighting is a contest of bodily characteristics between opposing groups. War, for example, is fighting with the lives of the citizens of a country. Debate is fighting with the brains of an individual. Teasing is fighting with the self-control and humor. And quarreling is fighting with emotions. The scope and scale of the fight will vary with the scale of the group and the scope of the disagreement. While the forms and consequences of the fight will vary, the the fight is a constant amongst all these characteristics. Alternatively, we can flee the conflict. This could take several forms as well. We may attempt to leave the group involved. We may surrender the trajectory of the group to the other parties. Or, we may pretend that there is no conflict at all running away from a battle that chases us down. All three are valid and have good applications. A bad organization should be abandoned. A bad idea should be retracted. And some issues are better left ignored out of irrelevance. A word of caution on fleeing battle, though. Bad ideas, which are not defeated in battle, will not disappear. If an idea is bad enough, it must be addressed, And if we believe in the goodness of a group and the evil of the challenge presented, we are obliged to act. There are, of course, indirect ways to fight, often more beneficial ways. For example, negotiation. Negotiation is fighting in a lower-stakes environment than the scope of the disagreement would imply. A contest of champions could determine the fate of a nation in ancient days. Think of David and Goliath, or Paris and Menelaus at the beginning of the siege of Troy. More often in the modern world we see negotiation occur through economic battle. Opposing parties debate the movement of their personal possessions until both sides are satisfied that there is no further need to fight or further benefit from engaging. This may be the most philosophically complex description of buying an item you've heard, but I'd encourage you to think of other ideas and leave them in the comments. Just to repeat that, buying an item, purchasing an item, is when opposing parties debate the movement of personal possessions until both sides are satisfied that there is no further need to fight or benefit from engaging. This is what happens every time You buy anything. Negotiation tends to be the first choice in our world because it is generally easier than more serious and more consequential forms of conflict. It is always easier to pay for your food than suffer the consequences of stealing. Just ask Jean Valjean. So if we daily participate in these mutually beneficial and low-stakes forms of politics, Why then do we associate the concept with only the bad and high-stakes environments? Well, when we agree with the outcome, we don't notice the politics. If we negotiate well and easily, and we go away satisfied, we don't tend to notice the reasonable choices made which led to that fortuitous outcome. When instead the goals we have are prevented, the decision points appear. When we are confronted with an opposing viewpoint, we cannot believe that our views are self-evidently correct. We are called in that moment to defend our intellectual territories. And so, rather than admit to ourselves the constant threat that we daily ward off and remember our need to be vigilant, we rather decry the conflict. We do not recognize that ignoring conflict does not make it disappear, It simply ensures that when it arrives in force, we are not prepared. In other words, our normal, everyday lives are completely saturated with political interactions, but we don't notice them because we enjoy the fruits of their outcomes. But when we find a disagreement, we suddenly notice the politics. And as a consequence of this cause and effect, we try our best to avoid those confrontations, and consequently, we are blind to the politics in our everyday life. By not regularly being aware of the confrontations, we blind ourselves to the benefits of politics in our life. If you couldn't tell already, I enjoy politics particularly because I enjoy change and I enjoy conflict. Partially, though, because the negotiation required to reach peace, if not consensus, is a window into the values and experiences of other people. It is a lens into their world, into their mind. When I have the opportunity to be confronted by political disagreement, When I have the opportunity to engage in a political fight, I am given the glorious opportunity to learn about another person's world. What fools are we to think such conversations are useless or impractical? We don't meet many people in our lives, and often we live with those who share our own views. If this is so, Why should we not cherish the opportunity to gain political experiences with our neighbors? Why not ask others about their ideas, learn their justifications, and experience their worldview? Perhaps learning from the reasonable decisions made by others will inform you. Perhaps learning how they failed in political efforts will give you caution and advice. Perhaps just listening to someone else tell their stories gives them the confidence to be corrected or to teach. Perhaps showing that you are willing to discuss whatever political matters are available will diffuse the tension surrounding them. Perhaps the best way to have healthy political conversations is to be willing to clean out the junk we've been hiding under the bed when we were supposed to clean our rooms. We may find down there in the dust some object of value we had lost, some treasured possession, which was not cast aside deliberately, but simply forgotten. But we won't know unless we're willing to get our hands a bit dirty, with the reward of our negligence. We've cast the ideas aside far too long, and we've shirked these conversations far too long. And if we desire to get back what we believe we have lost, we must be willing to get dirty. Avoid politics at your own peril. We have no excuse not to be shrewd or prudent in practical matters. Being a politic individual necessitates understanding that politics is a skill not to be ignored, but to be used among the other gifts of creation for the betterment of our neighbors. If that involves conflict, so be it. Use your judgment when dealing with others. That is, after all, what it means to be a politician. Politics is the reasonable actions taken by people in groups to achieve their goals, the politic acts of a group of people. Do not be afraid. Be politic. Thank you for joining me on this adventure into politic, politics, language theory, and human interactions. I really do hope to hear from you um, either in the comments or if you can reach out to me. um, I'd love to know what you think about this. There's a lot of ideas that are embedded in this discussion, which I believe could be explored in greater detail, and I'm sure there are definitions that I've uh, asserted in this that you might have a disagreement with, and I'd love to discuss those differences with you. So uh, please let me know what you have to say, and God bless.